What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Sorry for the delay in starting this episode. Uh, I was out eating, celebrating uh, one of my kids' friends' birthdays, and it just took a very long time. But uh, we're here finally to talk about Orange County and, and what's been going on over this past week. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore Soccer Cast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you pretty much each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does pretty much each and every episode. He actually has made it to every episode, I think, right? We'll see. We'll bring him on. We'll just double check with him. That's Dylan from Counterline Coalition. Dylan, how's it going, man? It's going well. And yes, I do believe I have made it onto every episode of the show. So... Um, as always, a pleasure to be here with you. It's always a pleasure to talk Orange County Soccer Club on a Tuesday evening with you and the other two gentlemen that are also here with us. First, let's also bring on and introduce the man down in San Diego. He's like the king of pod, uh, of USL podcast at this point. He has roles on a bunch of them. That is Alan in San Diego. Alan, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going all right. Um, I was not out celebrating my son's friend's birthday because I don't have a son. And if he did, he probably wouldn't have friends. Uh, so uh, I was here on time. It's a little bit of a low blow there, Alan. But yeah, I, I will say this. All three of my co-hosts here were here ready to go on time. It is strictly my fault that we're running late. Last but not least, the newest member of our team, but definitely uh, one of the fan favorites, I guess. That is Brad up in Reno. Brad, how's it going, man? I'm a fan favorite. Huh. Okay. Well, it's going well. Um, currently, I'm enjoying a stone enjoy by 42021. Um, clearly, it is beyond that date. So I, too, like you, Ray, do not have a good sense of time, apparently. Yeah, my timing is uh, bad today. Um, and I'm enjoying an old speckled hen as we're doing this show today. I figured I'd go with that. It is a English fine ale. So that's what I got going on today. Uh, I don't even know if we asked Alan and or Dylan what their drinks of choice are tonight. I was just hoping it was like an old speckled hen, like you were having that for dinner right now. I'm enjoying an old speckled hen. That would have been pretty good to, you know, just sit here and just eat that up right here on camera for everyone to watch. Um, I'm enjoying Harlan Brewing's Hazy IPA. That's the name of it. No fancy names, just hazy ipa just a Creative. hazy ipa awesome um but we have a few things to talk about and we do have a guest scheduled to join us actually not too long from now because we're running late we didn't push our guest back so they should be here on time roughly around the nine o'clock hour um, but before we get to that guest i want to speak on uh the double header this past weekend where orange county hosted not one but two uh, college teams, local college teams. The first match was against UC Riverside that saw Orange County come out victorious 2-1. And then the second match uh, against Azusa Pacific University, which for, what, 88 minutes of the match was a 1-1 tie. And then a flurry of goals at the end saw Orange County victorious 3-1. Oh, and by the way, if you missed it or have not, didn't get a chance to listen and watch the stream, we actually... Uh, did a live stream of that second match for anyone that wants to go back and check it out. If you haven't, you can go onto our Twitter page or our Facebook page and watch the match with some play-by-play by yours truly, Brad and Alan for half of the game. Dylan was missing in action for that one. Who knows where he was, probably preparing for his other soccer 
stuff that he had going on the following day at Championship Soccer Stadium, but we'll leave that for another potential podcast. Who knows? So let's talk about these two matches. Uh, no real information except for what was shared on social media by the club for the first match against UC Riverside, um, which saw Orange County leading for most of that match. And then in the final, I believe 10 minutes or so of the match, or maybe even less, UC Riverside um, got a goal off a of free kick, I believe. I, I was while I was setting up all the equipment for that second match live stream, so I didn't get to see exactly what happened, but I believe it was off a of free kick. Um, I think Brad was the one that was following the most closely on that uh, of that match on social media because he knew what was going on right when I was reaching to him to get our stream started. Brad, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, quick thoughts on that match based on what you saw from social media. Um, I mean, obviously, I didn't get to see any of it. Um. However, uh, goals by Markinen and I believe it was Anna Voldson off a free kick. Um, uh, one in the first, one in the second half, uh, gave Orange County two goals. And you were right, it was the 88th minute uh, for UC Riverside finding a free kick in the back of the net. Yes, um, and it was good to see, I guess, uh, and I'll go to you next, Dylan, on this. It was good to see some players like Thomas of Anna Volson getting some uh, match time uh, as we're heading towards the end of preseason and a couple other players that first match against UC Riverside was probably going to be more of our key players playing in that particular match. Um, based on what, you know, the little, you know, from social media, what are your thoughts with a two, one victory over UCR? They're, they're not a bad side necessarily, but they're not a great side. They're still obviously an amateur side um, and out of season at that, but, you know, you got to get guys fit and it's good to see, um, you know, Voltson getting fit because he is 33. So this is probably the twilight end of his career. Um, and thus far only one injury which seems to be, uh, seems to be a preseason thing for us, but nothing else. So that's, that's a good start for Orange County. Perfect. And then I don't know, Alan, if you got a chance to check, follow social media at all on that game, or if not, what are your thoughts? Uh, are you uh, satisfied with a 2-1 victory for Orange County over UCR in a preseason game that has little to no meaning as far as records and, and standing goes, but a little bit of meaning because you're trying to get some action for your key players? I mean, I think uh, Coach Cloutier summed it up in his post-game interview um, after the second match that, you know, obviously there's some sloppy play because it's still preseason guys are going to know each other, but ultimately it's about getting that fitness level up. Um, I'm sure if you listen to the USL inter uh, USL show interview with him as well, he mentions how long this post, this preseason has been, how long the off season has been uh, and just how that changes an ath athlete in peak condition, extending that off season kind of messes with the flow a little bit. So just getting through a preseason with as few injuries as possible um, and scoring some goals uh, means that things are probably working out pretty well. So you have to be relatively satisfied. Uh, I think if you're walking off those pit off the pitch with one or no goals, I think you press a panic button maybe a little bit. Uh, but we saw Phoenix score like almost no goals and go out and destroy San Diego in their first week. Uh, so preseason's always with an entire like spoonful of salt anytime you get a result. Put that, uh, put that down, type that up, put a picture of Alan uh, and make a meme out of it, a spoonful of salt. Um, let's uh, move on to that second match, which uh, many, you know, at least Dil um, not Dylan, Alan, Brad, and myself got to see live Alan for half of the match. Uh, and, you know, some of you that did watch the stream with us live got to see what was happening there as Orange County took on Azusa Pacific. They actually fell behind uh, in the match uh, with a, a pretty early, early goal, I believe in maybe like the 20th or so minute, uh, Azusa Pacific scored a goal and um, held that lead for a while until Orange County equalized. And then, uh, like I said, a late flurry of goals in the late part of the match made the score a little bit more lopsided than it actually was. Uh, one thing I did mention during the live stream, and I think Brad, uh, you saw it as well, is uh, Azusa Pacific has a pretty solid defense. I know uh, they've probably gotten a lot, a little bit more time to work than Orange County has, but their defense were, were not, didn't look like 
kids out there. It looked like some full-fledged men out there playing defense in the back line for Azusa Pacific. And I think with Orange County going with the youngster, uh, Ronaldo Damas up there up top, that made it a little bit more difficult because he's not the biggest of uh, forwards out there. He relies more on that speed. And when you're playing against uh, big, gigantic defenders, it's going to be difficult. Uh, what were your thoughts, Brad, from what you saw? Do you agree with that assessment that uh, Azusa Pacific's defense was tough to break and Orange County somehow some way found a way to do so late in the match. I mean, I totally agree with you. Uh, Orange County pretty much had no success against that starting defense that uh, Azusa Pacific put out there until they made changes late in the first half. And I think late in the first half was Orange County's first real series of chances. Um, however, the second half was all Orange County. A um, couple good crosses, couple good finishes, two by a trialist. Um, good to see, good to see some uh, solid play though out of uh, Raymond Dry. Yeah, definitely good to see um, him uh, seeing uh, some solid play by some of the other youngsters that are going to potentially play some minutes for Orange County this season. Not just a bunch of trialists out there for this match. Uh, Alan, you joined us in that second half, so you got to see the more positive half for Orange County in this match. What were your thoughts from what you saw in that second half? Uh, yeah, I agree uh, with um, the college. These college teams are kind of at the end of their season. Um, so they're going to be a little bit more cohesive. So a little bit more difficult to break down. Um, and I think uh, Orange County, um, the three, one square line maybe does a little bit of disservice to Azusa Pacific. Um, in that those last flurry of goals happened right at the end, and you can tell that they were pretty upset that they let that happen. Um, but I, I think you got a, a, a lot of a, a good look at a lot of players who are going to get a few minutes this season, but might not get tons of starts. But um, you saw, you know, why um, was it Dumas is the Golden Boot winner from uh, Texas a couple years ago in USL League One. Uh, you can see that he has tons of pace uh, and that he's going to be a, a good addition. And, you know, Orange County is going to have a problem picking a starting 11 and a starting 18 every week. And as long as people stay healthy, you just show the depth of the team and uh, the options that the teams are going to have. So you got to feel good uh, that you know that you're going to sub in guys that can do some damage and you're going to be able to pull up some young kids that are going to come in and get a chance to, to develop and get some first team minutes. And it's an exciting time to be an Orange County fan. Yeah, definitely a, a good uh, a good and exciting time to be uh, a fan of Orange County. One of the youngsters that impressed me a little bit there, uh, or not a little bit, that impressed me in this match was uh, Jack Imperato. Uh, he played mostly in the first half on the right side. In the second half, he started on the left, but moved back to the right. But I, you could see he was causing some difficulties for Azusa Pacific. A lot of the action for Orange County was going down the sides, either with Imperato or... Um, through Raymond dry. And there was some good opportunities that came out of that. So I was really excited to see that. And I'm excited to see what he'll provide for the team this season. Um, any last thoughts on the, on the double header before we move on gentlemen. Dylan really I, doesn't have nothing to say on that. Cause he didn't really watch uh, either of those matches, but I, I do love that you had something to say, uh, you know, based on what you heard us talking about Dylan. Look, man, people not suffering major injuries is is huge. Orange County seems to get one. Like we had Christian Duke, like just entirely separate his shoulder um, a couple years ago, and and we lost Seth earlier. So not picking up anything massive at this point is has to be a victory alongside a, a vict literal victory um, over two college teams. Mm -hmm. But I got to echo what Alan said. Uh, you got to take it with a spoonful of salt. Um, you can't really judge how the season's going to go based on a couple preseason games. Um, obviously, there's one more, I think, cl completely closed-door preseason game that we have before the season starts all the way on May 16th. So we still got a couple weeks to go. One uh, note there, Brad, you are incorrect. It is not completely a closed-door game for that last preseason game. It's actually going to be uh, more of a season ticker, season ticker, season ticket holder uh, event where the season ticket holders will get an opportunity to come and watch the game live. Uh, unfortunately, the team has asked that we do not stream that particular match because pretty much at this point, they're going to be playing 
what's more than likely going to be their key players, their, their starting 11, um, barring any injuries uh, of players missing. So we're trying to avoid and we're trying to help and respect the club, uh, avoid providing any kind of uh, material for teams to scout Orange County um, through that last match there. So that'll be strictly a season, t- season ticket holder event to go watch the, ma- uh, the players play uh, before we do hit the kickoff for that first match in a couple weeks. I mean, what, a couple weeks away for that first match? Who's getting excited? Uh, we're less than two weeks from the first match. Who's excited out of, out of all of us here? Anyone? Dylan doesn't look excited. Does it? It goes without saying. We host a soccer podcast. Obviously, we're <laughs> excited. I'm ready to kiss every Saturday and most Wednesday nights goodbye until October. <laughs> um, so that that final preseason match is going to be against Ventura Fusion, which, so forgive me, Ventura, I have no idea what level of soccer Ventura Fusion is. I don't know if Dylan, Allen, and or Brad has any information on that, um, but safe to say they are not going to be at the level of play that teams in the USL Championship would be. Um, Alan, it seems like you're unmuting your mic, so I'm going to uh, hand it off to you. What are your thoughts on Ventura Fusion? Do you, do you know what level they play at? Uh, no, but I know that they play in Ventura. That's a good guess. That is a really good guess, my man. I think Dylan might know uh, the level of this team. They're a fourth tier. Yeah, they play fourth in League uh, They play in USL League, League two. 2. There we go. So um, this is, again, one of those matches where you should see um, Orange County comfortably win if they're really focusing on playing their key players, which, again, this is what we're hearing from the team is for this final match. It's going to be more like a real game, like, you know, take it serious, play all the key players, um, utilize the the strategy that's being put in place for the team. So um, any guess score-wise that you all want to put out there or any thoughts on this match uh, before we predict a score action? Let me just ask any of you, who knows anything about Ventura Fusion except for the fact that they are in League 2 and they are from Ventura? Um. They are pretty good when it comes to getting players who are successful, maybe later on in their careers. Um, but it seems to be a pretty common place for like the guys who play at UCLA um, to kind of go and play there over the summer. Um, former Los Dos player Justin Vomstie is one of their goalkeepers. I believe he's now actually with the first team. No, you know what? He actually played in the preseason friendly that Orange County lost. Um, he used to play for them. I'm trying to think. Um, let's see. Aiden Quinn's old friend, uh, Yassi Zardes. There's so many names here. I'm trying to think of other ones that might pop out, but they are, um, rather, rather, um, notable in the League Two level. Oh, Roro Lopez. Um, he used to play for Sac Republic. If you don't follow that closely, he was the guy that got sent off when Orange County last played. Sacramento. He now actually plays for RGV. So um, this will not be a walk, uh, walkover, or a, a camp, um, a simple stroll for Orange County. A notable match from 2014: Ventura County Fusion three, Rangers FC one. But it was in July, so correct. I didn't say <laughs> no. didn't say it was meaningful. I just said it was a notable matchup. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're a, a pretty solid USL two team. I think they made the conference finals in 2019, um, so it's probably a pretty decent matchup. Um, it's no one to you know anything can happen, but I think you are going to feel confident in walking out with a a, a pretty good yeah brew. <sighs> Giving us two cents, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but no, I think it's you know. It's, it's one of those matchups where you try to build a community uh, around Southern California and these friendlies are one way to do that and maybe scout some future players or just uh, drum up some support in some communities. Perfect. Um, let's do this before we get into any kind of, we'll do a score prediction on this, but I'm going to ask you guys, are we happy or are we a little disappointed that this is the final Warm up game before the game start. Uh, you know, knowing the level of the opponent uh, and whatnot, would you prefer maybe a little bit more of a difficult opponent opponent uh, for the last preseason friendly, or are we happy with this? Uh, Brad first. 
I mean, obviously, you'd like to play a USL championship team before the season starts, but I'm going to take it and say it's actually not a bad opponent to have, mostly because not the level of opponent we're playing against, but we're able to watch most of these teams in the USL start playing their games, you know. Our week two opponent, Sacramento Republic, has already played their first game. Um, so that's just extra tape to watch and extra scouting to do um, for the team that the other teams in the league don't get for Orange County right now. All right. And then what I'll do is I'll just ask you, what what's your score prediction, Brad? I'll say three to one, Orange County. Perfect. Dylan, your thoughts on this, our, our final opponent, are we... Happy with it? A little disappointed? And what's your prediction for the score? Like I already said, they're a good team. Um, so I think you don't want something that's necessarily too difficult to kind of let heads drop right at the end of preseason. 2-1, um, Orange County? You Perfect. know what? Let me take that back. 2-0, Orange County. 2-0, Orange County. All right. Alan, your thoughts? Uh, I think it's going to be a 3-1 Ventura victory. I think they're going to... No. I I agree. It should be... I think think it should be a 2-0. I think keeping a clean sheet is going to be a big focus um, on the defensive side. And I think nabbing a couple goals is going to be nice. I don't think you're going to go overkill. It's not like a super competitive match. You're just trying to get minutes and make things work. Um, But yeah, maybe a 2-0. Maybe 3-0. Maybe get like a late goal. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to um, sort of agree with all of you, uh, all of y'all in the score line, but I'm going to go a little bit more. I'm going to say three nail orange County wins this one. Um, I'm actually okay. I'm, I'm decently happy with this as the final opponent. It gives a chance to do your final prep for the, the opener, uh, get the play key players out there, get them playing a game together where they should be able to execute their game plan decently well um, in preparation for what's going to happen the following week for the season. Uh, to begin and the game's actually counting. So I'll go three nil and I'm decently happy with that opponent. Um, Really quick, moving on uh, recently, I think Alan talked about, I may have talked about it when we got things started. Also um, Orange County uh, head coach, Braden Cloutier uh, jumped on the USL show with Phil grooms uh, and had a decent, a, a decent, a pretty good conversation there with Phil uh, about a, big range of topics. I grabbed a few highlights from the interview to play on here, and then we'll just discuss a little bit. So I'm going to play those, uh, those interview highlights for y'all. Um, I'm so excited that you guys brought him over. And I like that. We said something about, yeah, he's going to come spend some time here. We're going to put him in a professional environment so that he can get back to Europe. Uh, that's so cool. I love that. That's what he said. I imagine you are on board with that as well. No, 100%. And I think, you know, we're giving a lot of these younger players an opportunity and they're training with the first team with the, with some of these players that we just mentioned. So they're getting to learn their trade with, with, with senior players and, and given a lot of opportunities in practice. But when it comes to the games, they're going to get opportunities when they're earned as well. And, you know, Jackson, a very exciting player. He's, he's very dynamic and, and forward thinking. Um, and I think we, if we can polish up some of his, you know, defensive responsibilities and, and clean up his game in that area that, yeah, I mean, the, it's it's an opportunity that he, hopefully he can springboard and get himself back into Europe. I think that was his goal and, and what his plans are. But, you know, it goes for all these younger players that we have on our roster. Um, you had mentioned Francis. I mean, Kobe Henry. Um, we have a, another player, Raymond. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, these kids are coming into an environment and they're growing up really quick. And, you know, we want to showcase them to the to the rest of the world and, and give them this opportunity to to um to take that challenge on um your pathway is one that is just groundbreaking for the usl in most ways um i just love also that the rangers thing is a real partnership you know you brought in three players from the rangers last year and you even sent one over which i don't think anyone saw coming from the outside uh can you talk a little more about the the rangers partnership i know um you don't have any loanies that I've seen this year, or did it, did I have that correct? Well, we do have a couple boys that are be coming in here in the next couple of weeks um, uh-huh. that we have agreements with. Um, so yeah, I mean, with that partnership, it's been been first class. It's it's not 
you know, you, you see a lot of different partnerships across the country and, you know, whether it's commercial or, or for one reason or another, this is actually a full-blown partnership um, that we, we share information. We, we communicate weekly with, with their organization. And it's not just their academy. It's the first team as well. Um, and so we have actually a couple staff members coming over from them to, to come and help us out as well. Um, one is a performance coach for the first team. Um, and he's been here now for the last couple of weeks. Um, so even not only players, but staff as well, um, that's, yeah. that's contributing to this partnership. Um, but yeah, we have a couple of boys that will be over here in a, in a few weeks. They're going to add to this, you know, very competitive group that we have, um, with this roster that we've put together. Um, but again, it's for them to get first team minutes, um, you know, whether or not if they're coming from their academy, whether they're coming from their first team, um, but to give them opportunities to come over here. And they like the way we play, and I think it, it helps them um, get their players some minutes in, in a system that, that helps benefit their development so that when they go back over and, and, and hopefully they're, they're playing with the first team, they can, you know, do everything that they need to do for Steven Gerrard. Yeah, and I wanted to check in with you about Aaron Savantis. I'm sure you keep up with what he's doing over with the Rangers. He's 19 now. He's been there for a little while. Um, how's that going with the Rangers partnership with Aaron over there? I, I, have you heard from him at all? Yeah, no, I spoke with Aaron, I think it was last week. He he just he just played his first actually official match for the club and and he's doing quite well and he's very excited for the opportunity and you know, I've I've you know worked with Aaron for the last eight nine years. I've known him since he was ten years old. So I brought him to the club here in Orange County, and and I knew what he could do, um, and how his mentality was. Um, so I knew that it was no problem with work ethic and his tenacity. But you know, getting this opportunity now with our partnership with Rangers for him to move over there and into you know obviously try to get into the the first team here in the next few years and and push himself at the the next level. All right, so that was, again, Orange County head coach Braden Clute here on the USL show with Phil Grooms. Uh, feel free to listen to the full episode if you head on over to Beautiful Game Network, uh, bgn.fm, and you can find all of the episodes from the USL show, but you can definitely listen to that, and there's a lot more that Phil and Braden discuss on that episode. Um, or you can listen to it anywhere you find your podcast or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast. Alan sometimes is on that show. I think he's officially part of that team. Right, Alan? Uh, yeah, they they let me talk every once in a while on that show. Um, <laughs> but Phil does some great interviews. There's one with uh, Jake Edwards uh, that they posted recently as well that was uh, super informative. And Phil does a great job uh, with those interviews. Perfect. Um, what we're going to do is we'll talk a little bit about what uh, Coach had to say on those uh, what we played there on the interviews, but we do have a guest on here joining us uh, from Orange County Soccer Club, and it's one of the players that featured in that second match against Azusa Pacific University over the weekend, the 3-1 victory for Orange County. Um, that is Orange County uh, attacking midfielder Brian Oloski. I'm going to bring him onto the stream. Brian, welcome uh, back. I, I, you've been on our show before. Welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Can you hear us, Brian? Uh, yeah. Uh, Perfect. Welcome. Me. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Um, just give us a quick rundown. Uh, you know, it's it's probably a little interesting when you're in a preseason game and it's a doubleheader and you're probably going into the second match against Azusa Pacific with this. Uh, the coach has probably talked to you and let you know you're probably going to play the full match. Um, when you go into that type of match, uh, what are you what what are your strategies going into a preseason match against a local college team in preparation for the season? Yeah, I think um, for this previous match, the plan was for everyone to play ninety minutes. So I was going into it preparing to play the whole game. So um, it's my, it was my first ninety minute match in six or seven months since since the uh, last season ended. So it was a uh, an important one as far as that goes and. Yeah, I was just looking to um, get a good night's rest, get a good uh, meal the day before the game, and then um, come game day, I was looking forward to playing the whole match and obviously staying healthy um, throughout it. And, uh, yeah, just getting a good 90 minutes in, getting the fitness levels up and getting ready for our first actual game. So, yeah, some of the other players that have joined us so far in this preseason have mentioned that uh, uh, a lot of, especially early on in the preseason, it's a lot of running that uh, coach was having the players do uh, to get back into shape. Uh, how much does 
uh, that extra bit of running early on in the preseason help out when you're now getting to this part of the preseason, you're getting ready to play the real games, you're getting your first 90 minute match. Does that uh, help you in preparation for this? Yeah, I think the fitness is obviously um, very important for us. And uh, yeah, I think, I think we've had four or five weeks now to build up our fitness and prepare for our first game. So I think our fitness levels have improved every week and we're getting more and more fit and getting ready for that match, but also um, building a good base for the rest of the season. Um, So, yeah, I think a lot has gone into this preseason and um, it has been difficult and challenging, but I think it will end up being rewarding for us. So, so the, the the match that you played in again against Azusa Pacific, the three one victory, um, featured a lot of the youngsters that are potentially going to feature throughout the season for Orange County. Names like um, Jack Imperato, Francis Jacobs, Kobe uh, Henry, uh, Raymond Dry, and even Ronaldo Damas. Um, you know, you're in there now as sort of the the veteran leadership holding that midfield together in there. What were your thoughts like? Were were you impressed by any of the, the those young players out there? Did anyone sort of stand out for you in that match particular um, as a, a standout performance? Um, yeah, I think I was one of the older players on the on the field, and uh, yeah, I I don't think one particular person stood out. I just thought it was a great group effort. Um, and I think the young guys showed up to play. And I, I tried to tell the group before that, you know, everyone has something to prove. And um, that was a good chance for them to go out there and prove something to the coaches that they deserve to get minutes this year and important minutes. So, yeah, I think it was a, it was a good effort by the young guys. And we ended up getting a win. And I think good – quality minutes. I think it's important to get minutes as a young player and to show the coaches that you're capable to play at a, a high level. Brian, there's a lot of roster changes this off season um, and not too much um, at the backside of things, but mostly with players that you're surrounded by. So how could you, or how would you compare the two sides um, between 2020, 2021? Yeah, I think, um, it's taking some time to get used to it, just to develop new relationships, um, on and off the field and to get a new feel of what the guy wants that you're playing next to and what kind of player they are. So yeah, definitely a lot of new changes, a lot of fresh faces. And I think, um, the guys that have come in have done a great job, um, getting incorporated within the group. And yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the, the new group and seeing what we have in store this year. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, so we we can understand with the long off season and the preseason, is there, um, I know some teams like to play like soccer, volleyball or soccer, tennis or whatever you call it. Um, what's your favorite training game to play and uh Who's the best uh, training game player on the team? Yeah, I mean, my personal favorite is soccer tennis. And I uh, I pretty much play every day against Michael Orozco. So we have our battles. So do you, are you better than him? We're going to get this on. Sure. Yeah. All right, there we go. There we go. So when we ha- we'll interview him, we'll, we'll ask him the same question, okay. see if he agrees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay. talking about that long off, go ahead, Ray. No, I was just going to say, we might have to see if we can work it out with the club. We can schedule like an official uh, Brian Olosky versus Michael Orozco match, and we can stream it and everything yeah. uh, with some awesome play-by-play from Alan and Dylan. Let's do and it. And Brad. So with that long off season, what are some of the things that you were able to do to kind of keep yourself mentally and physically uh, to going? Because I know that's a, a terribly long time to take off between seasons. Yeah, it was... Um... It's the longest offseason I've had since my college days, so um, definitely something different. Um, but I, I focused on just maintaining where where my body was at and not trying to push too much and not trying to fall too far behind. Just to not, I didn't want to, I didn't want to burn myself out too, or like trying to, you know, work out too hard or too aggressively. And at the same time, I didn't want to lose the base fitness that I already had from last year. 
so I took a little break after the season ended. And then after that, I got straight back into lifting and running and um, hill sprints were something I did the last off season during quarantine that helped me a lot. And I incorporated those into my workouts, my off season workouts this year. So I think that helped me come in with a good base fitness and um, yeah, that's, that's basically all I did. All right. Uh, my question time for you. So judging from the schedule, you know, we all know the months of October and July are going to be super busy for the team. Um, what are your thoughts about the depth of the team? Are they going to be able to maintain competitiveness throughout those difficult months? Yeah, I think um, you guys already mentioned that we have a lot of um, new players and a lot of young players that are eager to play and ready to play. And I think they just proved that in that last last match. Um, so, yeah, I think our group is ready for the long um, grinded out season that is in front of us. I know, like you mentioned, we have a lot of games in a short period of time. And uh, that's what we're preparing for right now. We're not only preparing for our first game in two weeks. Um, we're preparing for the whole season and for those, for those only for those days, we only get two or three days of rest in between games. I mean, we're preparing our bodies for that as well. And yeah, I think we have a lot of quality on the team this year, a lot of depth and, um, yeah, I think we have good competition within the team. So that's always good. And we're always pushing each other in training and getting better every day. And last one from me, uh, what's your warm-up routine music? What do you listen to going into a game to kind of hype you up for a game? I, I usually, so I don't know, I usually just mix mix mine up. Sometimes I like no music. Sometimes I'll play some softer, slower music, and then other times I'll try to get something more upbeat. So I'm, I'm more free-flowing depending on the day and depending how I'm feeling, I think. I don't like to overthink, like, I'm not superstitious on, oh, I need to play this kind of song or this artist. So I, I just basically just, you know, sometimes I even just turn on the radio on the way to a game. Um, so. Um, really cool question for you, Brian. This is actually a fan question from someone listening live. And, uh, you know, just so everyone knows, you know, as a podcast that supports a local team, we're very big on supporting local um, so uh, Andy on YouTube is asking what your favorite local restaurant um, and or business is that you want to just sort of give uh, a free shout out to because you just love them. Sure. I just ate there actually tonight. Um, there's this Peruvian restaurant called Renes out here in Lake Forest. And yeah, um, Danny um player from last year. We were roommates. He showed me the place, and uh, yeah, ever since then, I was a big fan and great food. And uh, yeah, I'd say that. Perfect. And we do have one other fan question that has come through on the uh, on YouTube as, as well. Um, you know, Saturday is going to be the fur the return the return of fans. First time since the twenty twenty home opener that fans will be at the stadium. Uh, how do you feel the return of fans will impact? Um, not just the team's performance, but even your performance personally. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be huge. Um, we were just in Colorado a couple weeks ago, and uh, that was our that was our first game back with actual fans in attendance, and it was definitely a different feel. And there's a lot of energy in the stadium, and you could definitely feel it. And I think for Colorado, they definitely felt it in a in a positive way. Um, and for us, we were I was a little surprised by it to be honest just because it's been so long and yeah, we're definitely looking forward to having the fans out and I'm personally excited to have that energy in there. Perfect. Um, you know, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we want to be respectful of your time and uh, not keep you too long. Do you have any last uh, statement or last message to the fans uh, before uh, the return of fans and steam. I know there's going to be a season ticket holder event this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and then in a couple weeks after that, will be the home opener official when games count. Any last message to the fans? Yeah. Just looking forward to the season, looking forward to having the fans out. Um, definitely missed having that atmosphere and that energy in the stadium. So just looking forward to the season and um, 
Yeah. That's it. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, that is midfielder for your Orange County Soccer Club, Brian Olosky. Brian, uh, as always, thank you for taking some time to join us here on the show and look forward to talking to you again yep. in the near future. Yep. Thanks, guys. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, gentlemen, thoughts on uh, what Brian had to say there. I'll, I'll go to you first, Brad. You know, just looking forward to the season. I like that he kept on uh, mentioning depth and, you know, the team is ready for the season and uh, there's a lot of competition going on there. Um, and that's something that we need to see, especially with a lot of these back end players looking for time on the field, um, potentially for that push to make it to Europe, like uh, Cloutier said in his interview. So looking forward to seeing all of that. Brad bringing in the San Diego soccer's pronunciation of Braden's last name. Um, if you listen to that interview uh, on the USL show with Phil Grooms, he clarifies how the pronunciation came to be what it was and what the true pronunciation is. Um, so uh, check that out. Um, Dylan, your thoughts on what Brian had to say. Uh, well, he's optimistic, which is a good sign. Um, he's hard to read. I mean, we've had him on before. Like poker face, poker yeah, face. They're like, we're trying to ask him. We're trying business. to ask him which which youngster stood out to him, and he's like, it's just about the team. It's about the team, and we got depth and all that. Sorry, not trying to steal your thunder there, Dylan. No, you're good. Um, and and part of it is is maybe that, um, you know, that's just the the media training that he's had, um, and it is all about the team. But there's a good chance that also. Um, as maybe more of a fringe player this year, as opposed to a guy who's basically going to play every match. Um, if he really is all about the team, that's great. Um, we know what he's capable of, and he created a lot of opportunities last year for Orange County. Um, so if he can continue to do so when he gets to play this year, um, I, I don't see how that's a that's a bad thing with the the guys that are around him that can that are all proven scorers. Yeah, it's. The assumption is probably going to be that Chris Weehan is going to take some of his his playing time away this season, which is definitely if if you're the true team player, you're gonna you're not gonna be too upset about that because you, that's a quality player that's coming in and taking your spot. But I, I think what many people that watch the sport around the world, if you notice, is when players are pushed and have competition for playing time, they tend to do one of two things: they either tend to up their game to try and prove that they should be playing or they sort of pout, I guess would be the, the, the simple way to say it. Right. And the hope is when you have this competition. So for someone like a Twihan and a Brian Olosky, they're going to be competing for as many minutes as they can get with each other. You're hoping that it's going to push the, both of their games up to the next level. Um, when you have something like that. Uh, and, and the cool thing with this roster is you have that, type of battle around the roster, which is going to be awesome. Um, Alan thoughts uh, on what Brian had to say uh, before we move on. I mean, his, his answers were a little bit like anybody's answers uh, that you don't want to give away too much. Uh, you don't want to touch uh, step on anyone's toes. Um, I think when you, you talk to the coach about uh, the game on Saturday, it was the same thing of, not really giving a ton of information away, um, asking him to single somebody out uh, as a, as a, as a good player. I think there were a lot of people that you can point out that said they have that can have you can say they have a good game. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, is there's so many guys on the team, um, I don't even know all their names yet. So you could tell me he had a good game, and I'd be like, I don't know who that is. Um, I, I think that the depth is something that. Um, is going to play a huge role again this season. We talked about this last season with the depth. Um, and that competition, again, is just going to spur on some of the good players, but it's also going to inspire some of those young players that, you know, there's a spot on the team to fight for. Um, and you can model that fight as, a, as an older player to say, I earned my spot on this field and here's how you do it, uh, and kind of model that behavior for these, these younger kids that are going to have to go through the same process. Um, so it's good on both ends and, um, someone like Brian Olosky is going to be a, a key member of the team. Uh, I guess you, you mentioned he might not get as many minutes, but I think those minutes are going to be super important for him. Uh, and you never know, he might get a ton of minutes because he might 
be the, that hot hand that you play that gets you through that month of July or that month of October. Um, so it's good to have a, a player of that caliber on your team. And uh, one thing I did forget, I wanted to, when he was on here, I did want to apologize for um, not knowing his number or his Jersey number for this season at the beginning of our live stream on, on Saturday. I saw, I, I think I made a reference that, Hey, number 10 did something. I don't know who number 10 is. And Brad was even trying to verify and he couldn't figure out who number 10 was. Luckily, someone that was watching the stream live corrected us and let us know that's Brian Olosky. So he's switched numbers this season. Um, and apologies uh, to anyone that was listening to that, but we did not have any official roster provided to us from the team for that match. Um, so it was pretty much just going in off of what we could remember. And there's no names on the jerseys either. So when you have the back of a player, you don't always, uh, you're not always able to make that call. So props to all the people that do play by play as well, though, because it is a difficult job to, to be able to remember player names and, and and all that fun stuff. Dylan, why are you giving a thumbs down on that? Is that, should I not be giving props to people that do play by play? You should just be better. I should just be better. Hey, I admitted the mistake. Once uh, someone mentioned it was Brian Olosky, I, I admitted it and I apologize for it on the live stream, but I wanted to let Brian know. I apologize for not realizing that he has a new number this season. Um, all right, let's move on. We're going to sort of, do a step backwards here because right before Brian came on, we listened to uh, Coach Brain Clute Tears uh, interview with Phil Grooms on the USL show, and there was a couple things that he mentioned on there just to uh, to talk about. Um, one of the key things I think a lot of Orange County fans are going to be excited about is the information that there are a couple players coming over from Rangers that there's an agreement. Uh, just you know, they haven't been announced or haven't come over yet. Um, thoughts on any guesses on who some of these players might be um, or is, has anyone heard anything that is not official yet? I'm going to go to you first, Alan, since you're the one that uh, he's fixing his mic. I think his mic's broken. So I'll go to Dylan first, uh, Dylan. Um, any thoughts on that? Or are we excited to hear that we're actually going to get some loanies? Are we sort of disappointed that it's this late in the preseason? What are your thoughts? My lips are sealed. Um, I have, I love it, Russell. Um, I have, I think, some insider info, but I cannot speak. If I speak, I am in big trouble, and I do not want to be in big trouble. Um, okay, so so don't speak, Dylan, but then, I don't know, maybe you can't even answer this. Will Orange County fans be pleased with what we might hear? I... <laughs> Um, he's trying to tread lightly folks. I could see it in his face. <laughs> I think the thing that we all need to realize is we're not getting first team players from Rangers. We're so no Morelos. Getting... Yeah, we're not getting that. There's no, um, there's no Kent, Ryan, Jack, um, Scott Arfield. None of these guys are coming. Kevin um, Kevin is not coming. Yeah. Parasitch not coming. Um, we're not going to get those kinds of players, but we're probably going to get these players, probably guys who are going to be like um, Cammy and maybe like um, Danny from last year, who really might have this be their last um, action while they're while they're part of the Rangers team, um, and this is their chance to show that they're professional and they can make that step up from a youth team to a professional setup. Um, so probably no one that's going to light the league on fire. Um, but there is potential if these guys respond well and gel well with the squad um, and, and the difference in the leagues that they're going to be good, solid squad pieces, much like a Brian Olosky will be. Let me uh, jump to you, Alan, now on this. Uh, are we disappointed that the announcements are coming this late in the preseason slash start to the USL season? Uh, not at all. I think you have to kind of, put yourself into like a global perspective of you know as a, as their league is starting to close out um they're not going to ship guys out until they know that their their season's done their job's done uh where they are and so you're just gonna have to wait until that's over um and if it comes in a couple games later i mean that's pretty typical these days with some of our other leagues uh, where the transfer window closes after the start of the season and guys show up after the first or second game. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Russell's comment here is um, with the technical staff. I think that's the part that's also exciting is uh, and coach coach Cloutier also 
mentions this, it's not just about sending youth team kids over and sending guys over from Orange County. It's also this really, truly collaborative effort with uh, coaching staff and sports science and all of these things that are just going to make Orange County a better uh, organization uh, behind the scenes, let alone on the pitch. So it's, I, I think those those players are going to be a bonus. Um, if they're great, awesome. If they're not, uh, they're, you're going to get a chance to train and, and give a, kids a chance to make their pro career happen. And that's what Orange County has been consistently about. It's good quality play on the pitch, but also setting up players for uh, growth in their career. And um, I think that's something to be excited about that you get to help out not only kids in your backyard, but some international talent as well to b- build that community. Brad, do you have any thoughts on on this? Um, I think the other two elo- ever so eloquently have expressed good opinions that I agree with. Simple and sweet there from Brad up in Reno. Um, one other thing that we had on that clip from uh, the USL show is uh, uh, Coach talking about uh, Jack Imperato uh, and his sort of, uh, it seems like the goal for him is to come out here to Orange County um, show what he can do and make a move back out to Europe with uh, potentially some more opportunities for him there. Um, so I, I think that was probably a given when that uh, signing was announced. Uh, I think a lot of people, myself included, and we may have talked about this in the show, that it may be a, a you know one season move and they're going to move him on, give him a chance to shine. Uh, do we like this type of role for Orange County with these youth players, these U.S. international youth players coming in, putting in a season or two, and then looking for the bigger, better opportunities. Uh, do we see a benefit of that as uh, for the team and not just, you know, the, the finances, but actually the team on the field uh, that we're going to see from this? And is it awesome to have that as part of your team's sort of game plan for development of players? I'm going to go to you first, Dylan. Um, well, if it means that you can pick up a few squad players, um, kind of round out any holes that you need in your squad, you don't necessarily have to spend a lot to do it, then that's great, especially at this level, um, especially amidst a global pandemic. Um, if you can introduce a bunch of young players that are American um, or not or haven't played in Europe might be a better um, descriptor. If you can introduce them to players from Europe um, and their experiences and, and get them to gel well, um, then it then it bodes well for when they make that step up. So it's it's a win-win. Um, and as uh, Brendan Kutzer said on the USL show, there's some technical staff, there's some backroom staff coming on and um, really, uh, to quote the USL, raising their game to, you know, be a be that next step of professional. Um, you know, we, we pay our players and, you know, what's this guy's job and um, there's fans and there's a, there's a nice production on Saturday nights, but um, you know, you're the background, um, you've got the, the data analysis side of things and you know, that's not possible on a small budget, but when you've got a massive, uh, you know, European club kind of backing you up there um, with that expertise already that can, that can share that info, that that's super, super great and uh i mean there's no other club i think that that does that in the usl and and you know since dylan brought up like topic of budget right that that has to be a plus of doing these types of moves with some of these younger players bring them in and have them here for a couple seasons and then the ability to either sell them off to a another club that has the financial resources to be able to pay for a player or even if it's just getting those development fees that you get down the road if a player does turn into something because you're part of that youth development of a player that has to be a benefit for uh, any usl team uh, right alan yeah i think it also long term it attracts some of these guys that might be looking to make that next step if you can prove that you have the the team and the system to set up that you, someone can come in and then launch their career into europe or take that next step forward i think that just attracts that next level uh, USL talent that like, Hey, we can develop 
people, we can get you to that next level. And you might be able to sign somebody that really uh, impacts you, the team for a season or maybe two before they move on. Uh, that's just going to attract higher level talent versus a team that's like, we're out here for a USL championship. We don't care about your next level. Um, you you might get some a different type of talent that you can tap into. And I'll go to you really quick, Brad, and you can ch- chime in on any of the questions I've asked Dylan or Alan, but I'm going to throw a third question with you too, right? Is um, obviously Orange County can't compete financially with teams like Phoenix uh, or some of the other teams that are willing to spend a lot of big dollars in um, uh, on players uh, and whatnot. So uh, in general, this type of uh, game plan where you're bringing in some quality youth players you're building that youth program. You're now going to be attracting these youth players that might potentially be looking to sign at um, development uh, with MLS teams. Now they're looking at Orange County as an option because not only are you getting quality coaching, but you're also getting opportunities to play out there. How does this just help in general keep Orange County uh, uh, financially stable and also competitive in a league like the USL? I mean being able to sell off players is generating income for your team and it's a form of i guess keeping teams afloat that a lot of united states soccer teams are looking at uh i don't remember the exact player but i remember uh uh philadelphia union had sold a couple players off to uh europe um and it's something that you know if your team can be successful at selling off players across the sea to different leagues across the world um it's a generating income and not only that but you're going to be able to prove to players that are looking to join your team saying hey we have a proven success that if you want to go to the next level you come here and then you get more talent so it, it might be a revolving door um but reno had a huge uh success rate at that you know brian dan kelly comes to town leads the league in scoring goes off uh, overseas, comes back. He's now in New Mexico, I believe. Or no, that's Brian Brown, uh, who comes in, leads the league in scoring, goes overseas to uh, FC Partizan, comes back. Now he's at New New Mexico. Um, But you have these players that come in and they get looked at by other uh, teams in other countries. And that's just something that you know, the team gets benefit back from at the end of the day. So sure, it might be more of a revolving door cast, but you're going to guarantee you're still getting that high-level competition and very competent players coming in. Um, So I always will support, you know, a team wanting to sell off players uh, if that's their model and they can prove that they have a track record and have the uh, interest of players at heart. Um, So something that I'm happy to say I can support. And that's one of the reasons I like Orange County right now. And one of the awesome things being an Orange County fan, right? If this is what the the plan is, you're going to have these players that are eventually going to move on to bigger and better things. It's just going to be exciting as the years go by. You're going to see some of these names that we remember playing some of their earlier matches at Championship Soccer Stadium. Now we're watching them play in some big matches all around the world, which would just be neat to see. And I, I think it just helps uh, the the sport grow not just for Orange County but to the, the fans uh, and then also just helps boost the youth program here in the United States and um, gives uh, a lot of these young international or youth players for the U.S. national team an opportunity to grow their game develop and again you're coming to Orange County you're not just working with Coach Braden Cloutier and um, the Orange County coaching staff you're getting an opportunity to work with uh, people that are involved with Rangers which again. Uh, you know, one of the winningest clubs in the world history when it comes to club soccer is Rangers. So, I mean, that's a, a big opportunity um, to have that dangled in front of a young player saying, hey, you come here, you're going to get this opportunity to not only work with us, but work with that coaching staff and have an opportunity to potentially move on um, to Rangers or other clubs in Europe in the near future. Um, again, if you, um, Missed earlier, we did play a clip from Coach Blaine Cloutier uh, on the USL show with um, Phil Grooms. Uh, We only played a a bit of it. If you want to hear the whole thing, go over and check that out. Either listen to their podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts or go to a beautiful game network at bgn.fm and look for the USL shows page there. And you can listen to that episode plus all their other episodes. You might even hear 
Alan's uh, voice uh, on there, especially he probably won't be so tired when he's um, on those shows. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and get things wrapped up here. Any last bit of soccer uh, uh, topics anyone wants to bring up before we wrap things up today? Nisa is back. Nisa is back. Dylan is excited about that. Fans were in attendance. They had fans of the great park. It was it was a good time. Um, so you know, sports, sports is is sports slowly but surely returning to normal. It's still not quite there yet. Limited capacities, but it's still something. Uh, and as sports fans, we all are, and I'm sure anyone listening to this is probably a fan of sports in one way or another. A big part of being a fan of sports is being able to watch sports live in person. So I think many people are excited for that opportunity coming up. Uh, any other soccer-related stuff that anyone wants to discuss before we wrap? Uh, hit our random thoughts. All right. Uh, one thing I will talk about soccer-related is a, a shocker uh, earlier today. Uh, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, the fourth, May the fourth. By the way, um, is uh, Jose Mourinho. Getting a job, like just a, a couple weeks after losing his job at, at Tottenham, he's now going to be over in uh, Roma as the coach, is what uh, has been announced. So that's very interesting after probably what was a poor 18 months in North London. He's got another opportunity. I guess when you have a resume like he has, it, it makes it easier for people to want to spend money to hire you. I see Andy just sort of typing on the chats on YouTube. Oakland Roots, which I think that's a very interesting topic. Uh, you know, they just recently, uh, I don't know, was it they, did they fire their coach or did their coach step down? I forgot exactly how that went around, but I think there's a little bit of a crazy mess going on in Oakland right now as the season's about to approach. Um, Brad, I think, wants to say something. He's muted, but I see his lips moving. It's either the mutual departing of their coach or their jerseys, which have a insurance company as the front sponsor. I don't know which one Andy might be referring to. Interesting. Also, well, uh, go Dylan. If you want to apply for that job, you can do so on teamwork online. Um, so, you know, if you feel qualified by all means, throw your hat in the ring. Cause clearly... hey, I've been a coach for four years. Maybe I should apply for it. Yeah, I'm sure your son's nine-year-olds are basically the same as a professional organization. Um, but clearly, they didn't have a plan, um, and they weren't ready for this. So that'll be uh, quite the start of the season for them. So then I have to ask. I have to ask Brad on this. I know it has. There, there's nothing. Nothing goes with the other. But is it sad for you to see that Reno, who was a pretty solid team for the last few years, is gone, and a team like Oakland is sort of bumbling their way to start off their their season here what is how does that feel as a reno fan of soccer this isn't even like that bad in terms of bumbling their way through things i mean vegas is still part of the league and they're bumbling their way with lafc 11 signed players with two goalkeepers and a kit with a badge that is printed on instead of uh actually like sewn on so Vegas does Vegas and therefore makes everybody look better. So Oakland, you keep doing you. You can't do it worse than Vegas. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap things up because although we're only at slightly over an hour, this is a lot later than we usually go. And I think uh, some people are getting tired here. Um, let's do quick random thoughts as uh, let's go to Alan first. Alan, random thought. I don't got one. Wow. Dylan random thought. It's more out. What was that? Samora out. All right. I think he's making fun of the Lashbrook out comment that Andy put. Maybe. Oh, that might work. Uh, Brad, random thought from you. Do we have a good random thought or is it just going to be no thought? Samora out, and what's uh, Brad going to throw on here? No, uh, keep Samora in. I'm not wanting to take over, or I'm, yeah, I don't have a random thought either. 
<laughs> oh, um, hey, uh, random thought for me. No random thought. I'm just gonna go with you guys. I'm just gonna just <laughs> stick with it right there. We we just got to keep it all going. Um, let's uh, let's do this. Um, Alan, where can people find you on social media? A Underwood forty on the Twitter machine. Dylan at OCSC underscore Dylan on Twitter. And Brad at Pal on the Sky on Twitter. And uh, you can find me at DJ Ray Samora on Twitter. You can also find the podcast at OCSC underscore SoccerCast, or you can go to our website, orangeandblacksoccercast.com or OCSCpodcast.com or OCSCpod.com to uh, listen to this episode, other episodes, read things if we've written anything recently, which we really haven't. So apologize for that. Uh, that's all on Dylan. Um, and maybe a little bit on Alan. For Dylan, Alan, Brad, for our guest, Brian Olosky, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I'm Ray, and we are out. Oh, God.